Welcome to the Voice of Retail. I'm your host, Michael LeBlanc. This podcast is brought to you in conjunction with Retail Council of Canada. Click to Pay is transforming the payment experience for consumers and the online transaction capabilities for online retail. Riding the rails with the great acceleration of e-commerce, this company has created an intuitive, quick, and secure POS system that's both consumer and retailer friendly. By leaning into the Interact e-transfer technology, the system steps away from the cumbersome and expensive card-centric payment processes that currently dominate online sales. Today on The Voice of Retail, I sit down with Click2Pay founder and CEO Mike Bradley to get a close-up look at their game-changing payment process. Mike offers a walkthrough of Click2Pay, both from a retailer and consumer standpoint, explaining how the system introduces a level of ease and security to online payments that revolutionizes the online shopping experience. And uh, I think I'm going to just start by saying it's easier, you know, because <laughs> it's, uh, but let me unpack that a bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we're talking about the online environment for yeah. uh, retailers and many of the things you describe, like uh, card security rules, the famous PCI uh, regulations. Let's listen in now. Mike, welcome to the Voice of Retail podcast. How are you doing this afternoon? Very good. Thank you, Michael. How are you? Well, fantastic. It's great to have you on the podcast. I have to say, uh, you know, you have a great voice for podcasting. So this is going to be an easy <laughs> listening episode for our, <laughs> for our listeners. Dulcet dull, dull tones and, like I say, a face for radio. <laughs> exactly. You and me both. All right. Well, listen, um, thanks for joining me. Let's uh, jump right in. Tell me about yourself, uh, your background. It looks like you've got a, a, an extensive background in the payment business and the payment fields and what you do at click to pay Sure. Uh, well, hey, uh, born on the East Coast in Halifax, grew up in Montreal. I've lived in Toronto for the last 30-plus uh, years. Uh, I've uh, been in the payments business my whole uh, career, uh, starting with the banks, uh, Canadian Bankers Association, and BMO, uh, probably best known in the industry for leading the uh, payments team at Visa Canada for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, launched a bunch of new products there, uh, Visa Infinite uh, premium cards, Visa Debit, uh, Visa prepaid cards, and even the very early days of uh, mobile payments. So always uh-huh. had a real passion for uh, you know improving the way that uh, Canadians pay and the way that Canadian retailers are paid. So uh, that that was kind of my corporate career uh, for the last eight plus years. I've been uh, on my own and developing uh, Click to Pay. So founded the company a couple of years back and working with other. Uh, senior leaders from across the industry to to do just that is continue to improve uh, payments in Canada. Now, how did you get? I mean, you've had a whole career in payments, but take me back to the first click, so to speak. How did were you always interested in payments, or was it an opportunity that came up and then you fell in love with it? Just you know, how do you how does someone wind up their entire career in payments? I guess I was saying, where did it, where did it all, or how did it all start? No, that's a uh, interesting question, and you know, one I what I don't really think back uh, reflect back on much myself. Uh, but I'll tell you some, at least some of the reasons why I love payments. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's the thing that everyone does uh, yeah. every single day, many times a day, uh, and people don't generally think about it too much. So it's kind of like you know background noise. I like to say uh, people don't stay up late at night trying to figure out how they're going to pay at the grocery store yeah. uh, the next day, or people don't go to the grocery store to pay; they go to the grocery store to get groceries. Uh, and yet, it is such a fundamental part of the Canadian economy. I guess I'm an economist by training and, you know, mm-hmm. anything that we can do to continue to uh, improve the efficiency and the, the cost profile and just the customer experience of payments right. is, uh, you know, something that I've always just had a love for. Um, oh, fantastic. All right. Well, let's talk about click to pay the origin story. 
rationale for the business, uh, what problem you were trying to solve. Obviously, you've, you've spent a career in, in payments, so something came to you as in, boy, I think there's an opportunity to reduce friction or improve an experience, both, as you say, both for retailers and, and for consumers, the scope of the scale of business. So give me the whole outline of, of what is uh, Click2Pay, and, and uh, let's start there. Sure. Yeah, I mean, as I described in my background, you know, I've had a career in payments mainly focused on uh, payment cards, and uh, that is the reality of how uh, the payments industry is structured: is that consumer payments for anything from the you know uh, electronics uh, retailer where you go and you buy a, a new PlayStation game to uh, ordering something from Amazon online is very, very card centric, and. Um, that world is uh, about to change. Uh, there is this new category of payments emerging uh, in Canada and in other countries around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, bank account uh, payments where consumers can pay directly from their deposit account. Mm-hmm. Now, um, we've had a system in Canada that does bank account payments for many years. Uh, it's Interaki Transfer and every Canadian, I shouldn't say every Canadian, uh, just about every Canadian uh, knows how the service works and their mm-hmm. bank supports it and are very comfortable with the service. Yeah. Uh, what uh, what we're doing is taking the Interaki transfer service with its real-time payments and putting a very customer-friendly and merchant-friendly or retailer-friendly front end on it. So, mm. uh, you know, you think, and uh, unfortunately, we uh, like to say a demo is the best way to look at what we do. Uh, but maybe if I was explaining it, you know, we call it click to pay because you click at, say, an e-commerce checkout. Uh, there's two quick steps. Uh, you go immediately to the Interact gateway page where you choose your bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second step is you log into your bank once you've chosen it. Uh, and then you pay from inside your bank. So it's as simple as that mm-hmm. uh, from a customer experience standpoint. Uh, click once, a couple of choices, uh, choose your bank and log in, and then pay securely from your own banking experience. So, uh, you know, it, it uh, is a really smooth um, uh, and frictionless experience for, for retailers. It's uh, fast and easy. They don't need to worry about losing sales and conversion, which a lot mm-hmm. of alternative payments can lead because everyone's already so familiar with the Interact process. Uh, and, of course, it comes with things like, you know, much lower cost than, than uh, card payments do today. So that, so that was really kind of the genesis of it. Yeah, it's pretty. And, and so what was it, eight years you said you've been working in and around this idea to kind of bring it to life and, and bring it to market, yeah? Yeah, eight years uh, plus since leaving Visa. Uh, but uh, no, the idea itself, mm-hmm. you know, really for the past uh, two to three years. Uh, okay. But it takes a long time, you know, to build yeah. a technology platform. And, you yeah. know, uh, the people, myself and the people that I'm working with, uh, you know, we've been we've been around the industry for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not like you know the um, and n- nothing disparaging about being a 25 year old working in your basement, but it's not that kind of fintech, if I can put it that right. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so building yeah. building a proper platform that's going to have the you know scalability and reliability and security that mm-hmm. uh, Canadian retailers and consumers uh, demand uh, takes some time. So that's that's really what the uh, the future is. Well, let's continue to unpack the consumer piece, because I think for our audience, my audience, which is retailers, they want to understand the benefits and the ease of use for consumers. So as you said, it's a pretty familiar process. There's not there's many instances where you're taken to your bank, you log in and you pay directly. Um, now, is all all major banks. Uh, what about credit unions? Is, is it a fulsome assortment or selection? How does how does that work? 
Yeah, great uh, question, uh, Michael. So maybe taking a step back, you think about the mm-hmm. Interact debit experience in store. It's a very efficient and operationally smooth process for consumers and retailers, right? Every bank in Canada issues a debit card that works through the Interact network. And uh, that brand means uh, a lot to consumers in terms of uh, ubiquity and ease trust of use. And, yeah, all those things. Yeah, trust, all those things. Now, in store, that works great. Online, debit is a bit of a hodgepodge, uh, yeah. to be quite honest. So we've got Interact Online's product, which is supported by one major bank and uh, a bunch of credit unions, to your point. The uh, Visa and MasterCard debit offerings are also supported by some banks, but not all. Uh, and even things like Apple Pay and Google Pay, if you look at the debit options, you know they're supported by less than half of Mm. the cards in this country that people would expect to be able to access a checking account. So it really is a mishmash of bank acceptance for bank payments online. Uh, I'd, I'd almost describe it like a hit and miss for then for the consumer, right? I mean, that's that's a bit of the challenge, right? Maybe maybe uh, your bank maybe your bank's yeah. connected, maybe they're not. Like I I I bank with a, a small credit union here in Ontario. Here. It is very hit and miss, and and uh, online uh, especially, it's it's much messier mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing about uh, click-to-pay and e-transfer is that every major financial institution in the country uh, is a part of the e-transfer network. The consumer expectation, what you say, you know, hit and miss in the current world uh, becomes much less so when you know that at least 90% of Mm -hmm. customers are going to be able to use the service effectively uh, just by clicking the click-to-pay button and going through that same set of steps that we just described. and. You know, the banking experience is, is different for everybody. You know, you're mm-hmm. at uh, the credit union where you uh, bank. Uh, I'm at a different financial institution. But we're both equally familiar with our own financial institution's process. So, mm-hmm. you know, once I do the click and go yeah. through the two steps, then, you know, I'm on familiar ground because I'm inside my bank. You know, the experience we've had is kind of it's generally about 8 to 20 seconds to complete mm-hmm. a transaction. And that just makes it super easy to do when you're sitting in front of your uh, desktop computer or if you're on a mobile phone, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to just complete a transaction as a customer. All right. Well, let's uh, let's look at the other side of the coin, the important side. Uh, What's in it for the retailer? Of course, any retailer would look at the payments part, measure twice, cut once is more like measure five times, cut once before you touch anything that has to do with payments in your site. Uh, they're, They're pretty mission critical. So let's unpack that because there's a bunch of things that come along with traditional payments. Uh, there's fees, there's chargebacks, there's card not present rules, there's, you know, y- y- your fees change based on which card your consumer is using. So there's a whole suite of things that come with that. How do you, how does your uh, value proposition compare to that? Yeah, I, you know, that's a, a fantastic question. And, and uh, I think I'm going to just start by saying it's easier, you know, because <laughs> it's, uh, but let me unpack that a bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we're talking about the online environment for yeah. uh, retailers and many of the things you describe, like uh, card security rules, the famous PCI uh, mm-hmm. regulations, uh, chargebacks, uh, you know, if a customer uh, isn't satisfied with the quality of goods or services that, you know, they have the recourse offered uh, via the bank. Those just don't apply to bank account based payments. Uh, if you think about the process I described earlier, uh, all of the uh, decision-making for uh, completing the payment belongs with the consumer and 
the bank or financial institution uh, already. So, you know, if I'm in a retailer site and I click the click to pay button uh, and I get rooted over to my bank, I log in using the bank's uh, security mechanisms, not click to pay security mechanism. Right. And I look at the purchase in my online banking and then say, you know, is this a purchase that I want to make? Those payments are now final, just like uh, when you uh, send me uh, an e-transfer, let's say miraculously I won the hockey pool that we're both in, <laughs> you know, you, you don't expect to be able to right. get that back, you know, right. if things don't go your way. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it leaves the disputes where they belong, which is between uh, the consumer and the merchant. You know, all of those features just become uh, much more straightforward with click to pay Now, that trades off against, as you say, this is new. Right. And yeah. even though e-transfer is used by more than 15 million Canadians a month, they haven't used it in this way before. So there is, of course, a bit of a learning curve and yeah. people understanding who click to pay is and, and all of that. But that, that will happen over time. Mm -hmm. uh, merchants will be attracted to it for its simplicity. And, and, you know, we haven't really spent much time on this yet, but it's not a small point that it's about half the cost of credit cards, right? Well, so, it's going to be, I mean, indeed, it was going to be my next question. I mean, I, I've got the experience of running a, and launching a credit card business. I own the book of business. And uh, one of the reasons we had an in-house credit card was, was a, as a credit shield. In other words, the business yes. paid for itself by not, you know, having that transaction done on a an MC or an MX or a, or, or a Visa cards, so we call it the credit shield. You might be, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you're familiar with that term. You know, there's two issues. One is there's credit card fees, which uh, probably go are high, you know, as Retail Council of Canada uh, often says, are some of the highest in the world. And mm -hmm. um, they're variable, right? You don't always know the fee you're going to get charged depending on the card. So tell me about how fees work with your product. Let's start with kind of the current card-based model because uh, people are very aware of credit card fees. Um, as the pandemic has driven so much business from in-store to online, it's really changed the equation for uh, retailers. So if you take a basket of goods, and I keep saying grocery, but let's let's use a different example, uh, you know, online uh, ordering for... Camping uh, gear, electronics, camping anything. Gear. Right? Sure, that sounds sure. great. Let's do camping Canadian, you know, Canadian Tire, massive retailer in this country. Yeah. If I go in-store, you know, it's nearly half their payments that would be debit, and I'm not going to... I don't know much about Canadian Tire's individual pricing for debit, but I would mm -hmm. almost guarantee that it's under a nickel to make a purchase. But, you know, if I order that same uh, set of camping gear, a couple hundred bucks online, uh, then I'm going to be paying, A, more likely I'm going to be paying credit card than debit because consumers are just oriented to paying credit cards online. Uh, and that $200 ticket goes from being five cents to being a couple um geez not a couple bucks three or four bucks yeah so yeah. i like to say it could be a hundred times more expensive to take a payment online for retailers uh post pandemic uh and the same applies to curbside um a pickup you know use mm -hmm. the expression uh card not present earlier yeah. and a lot of curbside pickup uh transactions are completed with either a credit card or a visa or mastercard debit card uh, that are provided in advance and that are also extremely expensive. Mm -hmm. So for both of those use cases, we can start to make the cost. It's never going to be quite the same low price that Interact Debit is in store. But mm -hmm. like I said, we can we can cut credit card costs in half uh, for yeah. most major retailers. And and let's talk about um, cybercrime, the bad guys. Now on the consumer side, consumers are protected 
more or less when they use their credit card product in terms of uh, someone using their credit card product. And unfortunately, the, the retailers, either because they have to put in tremendous amounts of efforts and structures and processes, um, or they get tagged themselves, how, how to speak to that for a bit. So intuitively, I think, well, you've already got the money, right? The money comes to the retailer right away. So talk, just talk about that specific process and how is it, is it better than on credit cards for the retailer or, or expand on that for me? The place to start is uh, the point I made a couple minutes ago, which is all of these transactions are approved by the consumer under the security right. that their bank has set the money's there the money, like online the, payments right, right? so the so, money the money's there right so you know yeah. it's, it's a binary thing either the money's in their account or not in their account for the transaction yeah, yeah right? absolutely if you're choosing our payment method yeah. you know you've got to be able to uh, fund the balance out of out of one of your accounts i mean one of the interesting things is mm. because of the way we've set it up you can choose you know your bank so if your balance at your bank isn't high enough and you've got an account at another bank uh, that you get the flexibility to be able to select the bank, and then even within that bank, you can choose whichever account the bank yeah, makes right. sure. enabled. Uh, so, sure. lots of flexibility. But yeah, once mm-hmm. once the transaction has been approved by the consumer within the bank's authenticated experience, and uh, Michael, I'm, I mean, I'm sure you've kind of lived through the experience when you try uh, using online banking at a different computer or on a different phone. Yeah. You know, it it does things like. Uh, check a second factor authentication by texting you a code mm-hmm. or it might ask you a shared secret you have between yourself and your bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mother's maiden name is the classic one. No one would recommend that today with uh, <laughs> social media being easy to, to, yeah. to foil those things. The bad but guys crawl the, the bad guys crawl the obituaries. I was talking to an enforcement officer. Yeah. He said, that's the thing, right? I mean, I need, Anyway, that's yeah. whole, another topic about don't put your entire topic, family yeah. tree and don't put your entire family tree in your in your bad in, idea. In your bad idea. Even yeah. things like you know your first uh, pet, you know, is is something yeah. that gets easier to troll. And and boy, uh, security is a critical part of how yeah. people uh, make payments through their bank today. Yeah, uh, and and that uh, quite honestly is is uh, we think the simplicity of it, which is mm. consumers already rely on their bank to keep them secure. And the bank is constant. Banks generally are constantly improving those security measures. So uh, we're talking about a system, uh, InterIG transfer, that's going to do a billion transactions this year. I mean, wow, it is, wow, wow. It is yeah. not just mainstream; it's mass market mainstream. Yeah, yeah. it's beyond uh, main. Yeah, whatever, whatever is beyond, as you said, whatever is beyond uh, mainstream. So, and and when does the when does that uh, the transfer happen? It, the settlement happen between the bank and the retailer? Then in that in that process. Yeah, so great question. So we call it real-time guaranteed payments, uh, Michael. So the retailer gets a notification back at the end of the transaction, digital mm-hmm. notification, of course, just like you would for an authorization response from a credit yeah. card uh, that says this customer's uh, payment is on the way. Uh, you know, like credit cards, we settle out to any uh, commercial bank account uh, of our customer, so the retailer's bank account. Uh, and that can take an extra day. So today we're settling next day, uh, mm-hmm. you know, next evening. Any Anything that happens uh, today, let's say, uh, will be in the retailer's account by tomorrow. But the, the most important point is they get the notification, you know, yeah. in the instant, in the moment. Right. That the release release the order. The order is good. Yeah, and, and, that's right. And release the order. Exactly. But the, and the money is, it be, even though settlement happens the next day, um, and I guess I'm used to the words like, like you know, open to buy is held. But basically that money is is now 
gone from the consumer's account. It is sitting somewhere in between, but next day it comes to the retailer. There's no pulling that back. Again, I'm, I'm picking on this a lot because cause I no, just want to be course. clear. Uh, you know, not yeah, all retail, huge. you know, yeah. a lot of retailers don't have payment specialists, right? Like the big guys, uh, of course, do, 100%. but a lot 100%. of them just, you know, really, and it can't be so complicated. I was talking to a small retailer and they're just, their head spins sometime when you talk about this stuff. So again, the money is out from the consumer's account. It's basically sitting in the middle somewhere. The consumer can't phone the bank and go, I'm pulling that back, you know, to game the system, you know, product ship, but I'm pulling the That's payment right. back. So it's all, right. the settlement happens the next day. So once again, the, the merchant gets the, the okay, the thumbs up, clear the order. Uh, this is a good order right away. Settlement happens next day, which is not an issue uh, or whatever. And um, easy as that. Is that what you, is that, am I characterizing that, that right? That is it, Michael. I mean, that is it. Now, now we will you know, make sure that nothing nefarious is happening within the system, right? So mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. onboard all of our merchants, do the kinds of checks that anyone would expect out of a service sure. like this. Uh, AML, uh, KYC, uh, you know, kind of credit uh, worthiness for the merchant. And we have committed, uh, you know, because we are uh, working within a financial ecosystem. You know, if a customer says, you know, I've been defrauded and there's an uh, option to, you know, make it right, let's say, uh, we're going to work with merchants on that. But the rules of the game are very clear, which is that, you know, once a payment is completed in Interac, uh, that it is completed. So, yeah. And it's a big deal for you guys to make sure that the, Perspective merchants who are looking at this know that you stand behind the product and and that you actually vet the other you know the fellow retailers that a bad retailer doesn't find their way in there or a fraudulent retailer just to set up and and do this because that impacts your entire brand right and then the trust in your brand so you guys must spend a lot of time on vetting make just making sure they're you know legitimate valid retailers and online retailers right that's that is exactly right michael you know the la- last thing we need is a bad actor coming in uh yeah. you know that any, anytime you're making change in something as you described it's so mission critical yeah uh, you know you got to approach it very carefully like you say uh, i think you said uh it's not measure twice cut once it's measure <laughs> yeah. five times cut once that's right uh, and and so we we've, we've done that measurement it's a big uh change we think it's a change very much for the positive mm. uh you know retailers like you say the retail council long had a, a gripe about card fees as you would know really well way, as you as you would know well yeah um, of course yeah no i deanne uh, brisbane i um yes. spent much time talking about it <laughs> in my previous career uh, but but um you know the the real yeah. benefit to retailers yeah. comes from uh competition in the marketplace and having alternatives and yeah. you know the the world is changing from a world where you know, changes to point of sale systems were complex, expensive, yeah, and yeah, generally yeah. the retailers relied on their bank or the acquirers, the processors. Uh, I'm yeah. sure you know that group of, of folks uh, yeah. to be able to manage those changes for them. But with online payments, it's much easier to add new options. Mm. And at the end of the day, what the retailer needs to know is. You know, like you say, can I release the goods? You know, is the customer right. good for it? So adding a click to and pay that's button. Huge. I mean, I, yeah. I don't want to underestimate that. That's huge. I've been at retailers where, you know, particularly things like, you know, gift orders, right? It's like, we're going to hold it for 48 hours because we want to hear, we want to get a body on a phone. You know, we're not going to release this because, you know, gift cards, particularly once they're gone, they're gone, right? So there, there was a delay and then, you know, people would go like, well, I don't want it then, you know, so anything that impact conversion one way, shape, or another is is something to be avoided. Let's let's spend the last couple of minutes on consumers for a bit and consumer adoption. So um, I've been hearing more and more 
that younger consumers are are shying away from credit cards. They're looking at these kind of, um, if I may ca- call them alternative payments, because now they're they have more options online. Before, you know, years ago, if you wanted to shop online, you, you needed a credit card. More and more, that's not the case. Are you finding and hearing, and you must be talking to at the consumer side their kind of adoption? What do you expect to see over the next uh, over the next period in terms of this? Uh, if I can call it the alternative payment uh, process uh, yeah. for uh, online retailers. Well, I think you nailed it, uh, Michael. There's kind of there's two groups. I'm going to take a step back and say there's two groups. There's kind of those that uh, traditionally pay with debit card, and we know that debit mm-hmm. card skews just uh, demographically. Uh, not, not not judging here. It's a it's a mass market product that skews yep. a bit more female, uh, skews a bit more uh, you know suburban and rural than than downtown, uh, and. Um, uh, and it skews a bit like kind of middle income as opposed to upper income. Uh, and uh, and so those folks have not always had a clear way to right. access payments from their bank account online. Like yeah. we described it before, kind of a mishmash of debit solutions or, or even if they've mist, got, I think, e- as you said. Oh, even yeah. if they've got like a, like the, the term, I love this term, bruised credit. <laughs> like not everybody, yes. you know, whether you're, I, I remember when I was, you know, the traditional department store credit card was given to those either with bruised credit because it's a closed loop system or, you know, young students who are getting first credit. And it's, you know, it's just harder and harder to get that. So it's almost like, well, I don't need that anymore as much as I used to, right? It's, it, yeah. it's so well, interesting. And, right? and another big segment is new to Canada, right? Folks who right. have been here, or new thin Canadian, file, true. we used to call it at Visa, you yeah. know, those those that have just not enough data on them to be able right. to support uh, payments from a from a credit card with a decent yeah. size limit. Yeah. Uh, could so have $100,000 in their bank, but they can't get a, a, a $500 credit yeah. limit, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a, another uh, topic for another day. But yes, exactly. And that's, and that's a surprisingly large number of yeah. Canadians. So Interesting. 43% of Canadians either prefer to pay from their uh, checking account hmm. uh, or only pay from their checking account. So like 4 in 10, more than 4 in 10 of a retailer's customers have already said, this is how I want to pay. Okay. So the ability to be able to stand up a solution that works for them is uh, that's lower cost. That is, you know, uh, final payments and yeah. that doesn't have the difficulties of PCI uh, compliance around mm-hmm. it. Uh, we think on its own is attractive to retailers. I think you, you brought up a really interesting point and compelling point, which is, the um, the changes that are taking place and what people's habits are. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got two teenagers, uh, fourteen and sixteen, and apart from the older one trying to convince me to invest in crypto, uh, <laughs> which is a whole other yeah, that's a separate podcast again. Yeah. You know, they they grew up in a world where PayPal was right. the norm, uh, and uh, where they're seeing brands like Paybright or Affirm uh, at the checkout alongside PayPal or. WeChat Pay and, and Alipay, you know the two two Chinese um, yep. uh, brands that are yeah. that are quite popular now. So the number of payment options, just like they live in a world where Wealthsimple uh, or Coho are va- valid alternatives to uh, traditional investing or traditional banking, you know that, and and we uh, hope to take that space uh, in the alternative payments uh, space, you know, with the credibility that we have mm-hmm. together with the improvements in, in process and, right. and retailers. So yeah, I, I think, uh, we think the, the future looks bright. 
All right. Well, it it is a uh, it's a great value proposition. So where can the listeners uh, retailers go to learn more and get in touch and and take that next step of exploring how to uh, how to put you into their transaction, take advantage of all the benefits you've been talking about. Yeah. Well, the the hardest part is learning how to spell click. Uh, so <laughs> I, uh, I'll uh, just kind of read out the website name: C L I K. Just skip the second C. Yeah. Number two P A Y dot com. So. C-L-I-K to P-A-Y dot com. And, you know, you just uh, drop us a note there and yeah. uh, we'd love to uh, talk to any retailer looking to adopt Perfect. a payment method that their customers are going to like uh, right. and saves time and hassle. So great. And cost. Well, all so, right. Yeah. I'll put that. Uh, I'll put that link in the show notes as well. And, and are you a LinkedIn guy? Are you reachable oh, on LinkedIn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, click to pay is at uh, LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Mike Bradley. And mm-hmm. uh, hey, hey uh, feel free to drop me an email, Mike at click to pay dot com. One of the things about being a small business is I'm, you know, not not just the owner, but, uh, you know, the dishwasher, <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> well listen, and, and, and a great uh, and a great interviewer, too. So thank you for uh, for joining me on The Voice of Retail. It's a great discussion. I, I actually like talking about payments because uh, I've got a bit of experience to it, but it's like an onion. Every time you pull that a layer back, it gets more interesting and sometimes more complicated. So thanks for unpacking it. It was a nice... I appreciate uh, it. It's kept me busy for 30 years, that's for sure. <laughs> Well, congratulations on your on your success. I wish you much continued success. And, uh, and once again, thanks for joining me on the Voice of Retail podcast. Thank you for having me, Michael. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Voice of Retail. Be sure and follow the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy podcasts so you don't miss out on the latest episodes, industry news, and insights. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a rating review as it really helps us grow so that we continue to get amazing guests onto the show. I'm your host, Michael LeBlanc, president of Emmy LeBlanc Company, Inc. And if you're looking for more content or want to chat, follow me on LinkedIn or visit my website at emmyleblanc.co. Until next time, stay safe, have a great week.